are live this is the wrap it up on blast raps post game show as always my name is shell alexander and your toronto raptors i mean there's a different vibe i feel like it's a weird vibe coming into this pod as opposed to when we last spoke of course because there's a trade deadline but the vibe of the last pod the vibe the last time we spoke it was more of an emotional ride because at that point everyone was talking and feeling as if Kyle Lowry was gone but now here we are a few days later and Kyle Lowry the greatest Raptor of all time is still a member of the team so I want to spend this time on this pod discussing how do you as Raptors fans feel about what happened at the trade deadline That's what I want to know here. Of course, we're going to talk about the game and what went down as your Toronto Raptors lose 104 to 100 to the Phoenix Suns. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss how newcomers Gary Trent and uh, Rodney Hood did in this game. We'll discuss that for sure. But overall, I want to talk about the trade deadline. I want to hear how you feel about Norm being gone. I want to hear all that. So please, as always, send in your comments and questions wherever you happen to be watching this podcast live. Remember, you can watch us live after each and every Toronto Raptors postgame show. The only live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show there is. You can find us streaming live on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on YouTube, Sheldon Alexander, and on Twitch, On Blast Podcast. So many different ways you can watch us and interact with us live. And just have that discussion as Raptors fans about what's going on with the team. If you're ever not able to catch up with this live, don't worry. We got you covered on wherever you get your your podcasts. Pardon me. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, you know, YouTube, of course. All of those places, we got you covered. So that's basically where I want to start with this pod. I mean... The trade deadline was weird. The vibes were weird. Last time we spoke, everyone was kind of, you know, giving their Kyle Lowry comments. What's going on with Kyle? Is Kyle going to be here? Is Kyle gone? Is Kyle going to stay? What's going to happen? And I feel as if most of the fan base resigned to the fact that Kyle Lowry was gone. Right? Like we sat here and we had one of the longest pods we've had in a very long time. And the conclusion at that point was, you know what? I think Kyle's out. That's what everyone thought. So I want to know, I want to hear the stories about how you guys took in trade deadline day. What you were thinking during trade deadline day. Were you happy when it was announced that Kyle wasn't, or Kyle was coming back and he wasn't traded? Let me know what you guys think. Send in your comments and questions again on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitch, and on YouTube. Let's get this game out of the way, though. We can talk about that quickly. I'll pick it up all the way in the fourth quarter. I mean, early in this game, there was a lot of the same going on for most of this game, right? Raptors getting dominated in the paint. Raptors, you know, were sticking around, sticking around, but really it wasn't until the fourth quarter where they came up with their defense. Defense actually became a thing for the Toronto Raptors late in, well, in the fourth quarter. And OG Ananobi, first off, let's let's start there if we're talking defensively. The fact that OG, in the same, like, how long, five minutes, man, in crunch time, was switching and guarding their center, DeAndre Ayton, their point guard, 
aka the point god, Chris Paul, and also guarding their best player, one of the best young scorers in the league in terms of Devin Booker, and OG was holding his own and then some against all of those guys. That is super, super impressive. And of course, we know OG's defense. It's what he's heralded for by Raptors fans and Raptors brass and everyone involved with this team. But that was an incredible thing to watch in real time. And it's interesting because defense, people don't really talk about defense. And even the levels of defense, like to make a defensive, you know, all NBA defense team, that's going to take another level of just getting your name out there beyond being just a really good defender. So it's kind of strange. But Raptors fans are people who follow the team. You see this on a nightly basis. But to see it in that form, where again, my guy is switching from the point guard to their best perimeter score to their center, all in one, that is super, super, super impressive. So shouts to OG for that. But team defense was great. Gary Trent Jr., who got the start in this game, was playing crunch time minutes for the Raps as well, and his defense is pretty good, pretty good as well. So let's let's go through this game a bit. And first off, this stat while we're talking about Gary Trent Jr., the fact that he and his dad, who also played for the Toronto Raptors, but the fact that he and his dad were both traded from Portland to Toronto in their 41st game of their third season. That's insane. That doesn't even make sense. How's that possible? I don't know, but pretty cool to see him wearing his Pops' Raptors number 33 jersey, and pretty cool to hear Alvin on the broadcast talking about just, you know, because Alvin was a part of that deal in terms of coming to Toronto. So just weird ties all around, super strange, but good to have him on the team. A good pickup by Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, and company for sure. We'll get to that. We'll talk about the deadline in a bit. But let's just start this game in the fourth quarter because the Suns, one of the best teams in the league since January, they are just playing great, great, great basketball. And we already know about Devin Booker. We saw what this team was able to put together and come up with in the bubble as they went undefeated in the bubble but still didn't make the playoffs because they had such a terrible start. But now you bring in Chris Paul, and he's just a calming force. He's just a grown-up, and we'll get to this at the end of the fourth and how Chris Paul really iced this game, but at a certain point, Kyle hits a big three to make it an eight-point game. Pascal Siakam was cooking. Gotta give Pascal a lot of credit here because at a certain point, Pascal was just figuring out a way to get everything going, to get you know, whether it was going to the going into the paint, whether he was, you know, making moves on the perimeter, Pascal had a really good night as he finished with 26 points in this game, 11 rebounds and six assists, eight of 17 shooting a solid night. He was 0 of six from three. And this is something we talked about from the start of the year. I mean, six three pointers in a game. Do we need Pascal shooting that many threes? I don't know. I'll leave that for someone much smarter and better at basketball than me to decide, but I'll just say 0 for 6. It's an interesting look in the stat line. I'll say that much. But 26, 11, and 6, not going to crush what Pascal did in this game because a huge key was his aggressiveness in going to the bucket, which led to free throws. 10 of 11 from the free throw line. That's what the Raptors and Nick Nurse want to see from Pascal on a continuous basis, going to the basket. Forcing the defense to guard you. Aiton can't guard you on the perimeter. That's a blow by every single time. And for Pascal, 
It's about slowing down the game for him a bit and realizing who the defender is. Because in most cases, it's either a defender who is too small, so Pascal can just finish over that defender, or if it's a big guy, it's a defender that's too slow, that can't keep up with his foot speed. So once he figures that all out consistently, I mean, he's going to be pretty unstoppable. And it's just about getting the consistency and being under control. So great quarter for Pascal as he was playing great in this game and doing a little bit of everything, as mentioned, the rest of his stat line. But the Suns were up in this game because they dominated the paint. Late into the fourth quarter, I want to say the, the paint points, it was plus 30 advantage for the Suns late. And it probably got up to even more, but the majority of the game, that's a huge deficit for you to be trying to come back from in the paint because that's easy buckets very easy buckets and a big part of that for the suns was their number former number one overall pick deandre ayton who had 19 points and nine rebounds in this game nine of 12 from the floor and leo talked about it during the game is that was one of the best uh performances that he's seen from uh DeAndre Ayton since he's been in the league against the Toronto Raptors I remember games where he was playing against the Raps and Chris Boucher was out playing him and if you think about it DeAndre Ayton is a number one pick overall in the entire league and if you're getting outplayed by Chris Boucher that that can't happen if you're the Suns but it's been interesting to see the development of DeAndre Ayton and with Chris Paul now leading the charge and Chris Paul being able to put him in very good positions to succeed and the game is just very simplified for him at this point and when you're playing against the Raptors who aren't playing a true center for the majority of the game Aiton better be in that double double range he has to be and he was in this game so you got to give him credit for that the Raps though were close they had the game close and run a great after timeout play Fred Van Fleet gets a three to cut the game to four and the Raps kept getting stops on the defensive end. They just couldn't come all the way back. Freddie missed a tough three. Pascal did get to the line, but then the Raps down two. Gary Trent Jr. misses a huge three-pointer, and he missed it badly too. It wasn't even close. And what sto- what a storyline that would have been if Gary Trent Jr. was able to bury that shot and hit that three to give the Raptors a lead in his first game with the team. That would have been incredible. But... Here's what I was talking about in terms of Chris Paul and why Chris Paul is known as a point God, not point guard, point God. So late in the game, the Suns are up two. They were in a huge scoring drought, haven't been able to get buckets at all. Chris Paul realizes they are two fouls away from being in the bonus. So what does he do? He just gets the ball on the perimeter. He knows the Raptors are going to pressure because they're trying to get turnovers to get back into the, well, to tie the game and inevitably take the lead. So he's going to play off of that aggressiveness by the Raptors defense, and he's just going to force contact and then flail, forcing the ref to call two touch fouls. And on the second one, shouts to Matt and Leo, they saw that on the broadcast where he walked to the free throw line because he knew exactly what he was doing such a veteran point guard move in terms of knowing the situation knowing the score you're only up two so you need to put points on the board in this possession and he gets to the free throw line buries the two free throws that put them up by four and essentially ice the game 
Chris Paul, point guard school at its best. So Raptors lose, as mentioned, 104 to 100 to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, for Phoenix, Chris Paul with 19, DeAndre Ayton with 19. Devin Booker only had 16 in this game. OG did a great job on him down the stretch, as mentioned. For the Raps, he had Pascal Siakam with 26 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. OG and Anobi chipped in with 15. Fred Van Fleet with 22 for the Raps, as they fall now to 18 and 27. It's not looking good for the Raps. Playoff hopes, they're now 9, or sorry, the Raptors are, yeah, 9 games under 500. Nine games. That's a lot. That is a lot, folks. But let's talk about the trade deadline, because I know that's what most of you want to talk about for sure. So let's get to that discussion. What did you guys make of the trade deadline? I see so many comments already, so continue to filter them in wherever you are watching, whether you are on Twitter, whether you are on Twitch, or whether you are on YouTube. I'm going to say, if you're on Twitter... Don't be afraid, or sorry, if you're on uh, Instagram, don't be afraid to click the link in bio, or maybe I should put the link in bio. That would probably help my case in getting people to go to the podcast. So I'll do that now as I'm talking, but you get the point. If you are on that thing we call IG Live, just go to the link in bio and you will able to click that link and it will send you directly to the YouTube feed. And the reason I'm sending people to the YouTube feed is because that's where the majority of the conversation is, you know, continued conversation among Raptors fans. And, you know, basically they have their own show going in there. I'm just tuning in on that show, right? Reading the comments and answering people's questions there. So if you are on Instagram, go to the link in bio, click that link and you end up in the YouTube chat where you're finding like-minded diehard Raptors fans, the people who we do this podcast for. The reason why we do this podcast. So I'll get to the YouTube comments in a sec. Don't worry, I'm coming. But I will start on Twitter. Logan says, hey man, that was a fun game. And I still feel like we got a chance at the top eight at least. I was driving around all afternoon. Just say I should have lost my license from refreshing Twitter. Oh, that's from the trade deadline. Trade deadline, I know people were, people were you know, anxious about what was going on. Especially because... People thought Kyle was gone. I got a bunch of text messages of people saying they were nervous, just waiting and waiting and waiting for the quote-unquote bad news of Kyle being traded, and it never came. Uh, Logan says, uh, I'm personally really excited for Junior. I agree. I like that move in terms of trading away Norman Powell, and you're getting back Gary Trent Jr., who is a lot younger, costs a lot less, and you know is a player similar to Norm. I would say he's probably a better defender than Norman Powell at this point. The shooting, you know, Norm is probably, his game is a probably more polished offensively, whereas Gary Trent Jr. is probably a more knockdown shooter. We didn't really see that too much in this game, but I'll tell you, he's just, a, he is a really good shooter. I watched a lot of late night basketball, you know, and I catch a lot of Portland Trailblazers games, and Gary Trent Jr., I mean, the open shots that he was able to knock down because you're playing beside Dame and CJ. If the Raptors play off that in terms of Kyle or Pascal or Freddie driving and kicking, he should be able to live a familiar life of just knocking down trays. And he's a really, really good shooter. I like that deal a lot. I thought that was a really good move by the Raptors. Obviously, it's tough to see Norman Powell go, but 
The reality was Norm priced himself out. And if you're the Raptors, I'm not sure you want to end up paying Norm 20 plus million dollars next year while you're also paying close to that amount to OG and Freddie. And Pascal is clicking over 30 mil next year. So Norm kind of priced himself out. But I'll say this much. The cool part about Norm and Powell is that Norm is a reminder or I guess one of the first people to really show what this Raptors development program has turned into as of late. Because Norm came out of off the radar, right? Norm, was he came out, he had a pretty good summer league, and, you know, he ended up being a key part on the Raptors' run even that first year when he was in the playoffs. He swung a game in the playoffs his rookie year. Norm was very up and down, but to see, you know, on his way out, his last few games as my guy was just knocking down threes like it was his job. He was just scoring at such a high efficient rate or efficiency, you know, was super high for Norm on his way out. That was pretty cool to see. And I think if you're a Raptors fan, you saw Norman Powell grow up. You saw him develop his game. You saw him win a championship. You saw him show up in some of the biggest playoff games this franchise has seen. And that's pretty cool. It's a good story. And hey, get to see Norm very quickly as the Raptors' next game is Sunday against the Portland Trailblazers. So Norm will be in the lineup then. He started tonight. I saw him. He was getting some buckets early, of course, because that, what else would you expect from Norm? He's not going to go to Portland and be shy. I'm pretty sure they probably don't want him to be shy either. So got to give Norm some credit there on his way out as one of, you know, a key part of this championship run. For sure. I'm going to switch things over to the YouTube stream now. And Glow Girl Smile says, Raptors may need to keep up the defensive intensity for all four quarters. They lacked the intensity in the third quarter. They fought back but came up short. And says, Paul, Chris Paul is such a savvy player. Yeah, we discussed that. I mean, Chris Paul, there's a reason why he's a point god. He's so, so good. And... To be able to still be doing it at this high level at this stage of his career is pretty incredible. Uh, one of the things we put together for the broadcast was a montage of, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But one of the comments in it, Chris Paul says, I came here to play with Book. Right? Like he saw just what Booker and the rest of this team were capable of. So much so that he has a choice. Chris Paul had a choice of, you know, where he wanted to go because of his time in OKC and him balling out in OKC. They worked out something where they thought, you know, we're going to try to help you go where you want to go. And it worked out with Phoenix. And now you're seeing it. The Suns are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And don't be surprised, especially what's going on with the Lakers right now. Don't be surprised if, if, Phoenix is there in the conference finals wreaking havoc and somehow find their way in the finals. I mean, anything's possible at this point with LeBron and Anthony Davis both hobbled. So great game by Chris Paul. Great game by the Suns to win that one. I'll continue with some comments. Inches says people comparing Norm to Trent have no idea what the rap, what situation the Raptors are in. Um, I'm not sure. I need you to elaborate on that a bit. Um, I don't know if you mean that in a good way or a bad way. When I look at both of their games, they're similar, but I wouldn't say, you know, it's not even so much about that. It's more so about the asset. And 
So Norm, you were catching. Like, you got Norm's development years. You got really good years from Norm. But at this point where he's about to cash in, just the way that the rest of your team is set up, Gary Trent Jr. is a better fit right now for what the Raptors are and what they're going to be going forward. Because you're going to need that 20 mil or whatever it would have cost you for Norm. You're going to need that in the offseason to try to get more depth, to try to get a center. And that money could be better spent. And I'll say this much very honestly. If Norm is better than Gary Trent Jr., and I said if, it's not like Norm is way better than Gary Trent Jr. Like, it's close. And if you think about how young Gary Trent Jr. is, there's room for improvement. So it's a great, great move from Masai Ujiri and company and Bobby Webster, of course. K2's Garnett says, we will never win if we have to play Baines more than 12 minutes. We should have gotten a center at the de trade deadline. That is one of the things that I was kind of really confused about. And it was an interesting day. It was a busy day at work as we were doing a trade deadline show. But, you know, as the trade started to happen and right before the deadline, as the Raptors moved on from Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis, they cleared those guys out for second round picks. The thought was they were doing that to clear roster spots so they would be able to take in more bodies in a potential Kyle Lowry trade. But that's not how this worked out. And so you look at it and you think, okay, so th were they making those moves? Okay, if the possibility was you keeping Kyle Lowry, then I'm really surprised that they weren't able to get a center. And hey, maybe they're able to get a center in the buyout market. There's some, some names available. Who knows what's going to happen? But it's going to be tough going forward if you're the Raps where you're not playing with a true center for a lot of the time. Boucher is still best served coming off the bench and being an energy guy. And as long as the Raps are going to continue to go small, which they did tonight with Gary Trent Jr., you're going to have games where the other centers or the other team is able to dominate you in the post. Dominate the paint. And we saw that tonight. Aaron Baines, I mean, yeah. I don't even want to, I, I feel bad talking about Aaron Baines so much because it sounds like I'm just crushing him every night, and I don't want to do that. So we all know what the situation is with Aaron Baines. You hope that he figures some stuff out. You hope that he gets better, but it's not been a good go for Aaron Baines at all. Uh, here's a comment. I'm sad about Norm, but he played himself out of what the Raptors were prepared to pay him, and we might as well get something versus nothing. Totally agree. And if that something is Gary Trent Jr., someone who you're plugging in your starting lineup right away and fits into your future, it's a great look. It's a great look. Aisha says, I don't mind losing the game. Looks like we somehow got our groove back. We're beating Port we're beating Portland come Sunday. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I like your confidence. I like like your confidence. Put that into the air. Put that into the existence. Uh, what else do we got? I wouldn't mind going after Olenek in the buyout market if he's available. I think you take any big guy at this point because the bar is just being better than Baines. It's not like there's a high bar at this point. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's just you know that if they had a better option than Baines, they would go with that. And they just don't. No disrespect, just facts. Uh, what else we got here? The trades that did happen were good, in my opinion. Yeah, totally agree with you. Colin says, even though we lost, it feels like the old Raptors are back. There is a better feel. There's a little more pep in the step, for sure. The ball movement seems to be clicking at a better level for the Toronto Raptors at this point. 
we know they play high level defense when they're locked in and that was pretty cool to see but the ball movement and the the wide open shots the passing up good shots for great shots that's what we see on offense from this Toronto Raptors team and even in the loss the signs of them coming back are a lot better and reality is the Suns are a really good team so there's no shame in losing to the Phoenix Suns the Suns are a really good team problem for the Raps is you're kind of running out of time where there's no more room for moral victories and oh we were close in this game oh we almost won you're almost running out of time you got to start winning games and I want to know what people's realistic goals are what your expectations are at this point like are you okay with just making the play-in tournament and potentially winning the play-in tournament before you get in to a playoff battle with whoever's at the top I want to know what people think about that. So, you know, do you want to just make the play-in tournament just to say, hey, we made it and have a chance to win that and enter the playoffs? At least say you won, quote-unquote, won something this year? Interested to hear. Or if people want to tank, because I'll be honest, you can't tank. The Raptors are too good of a team to tank. And especially with Kyle Lowry being back, come on. The one thing you will see is getting rid of Terrence Davis and getting rid of Matt Thomas opens up minutes for Malachi Flynn. And I thought early on in the first half, he had a really good spurt where he played pretty well. But at the end of the day, you got to see what you got with the Rook. And if you're not going to be playing playoff games, you got to at least see what you got in the Rook and see what kind of minutes he could be looking at because it's very strange. But think back to last year. And the thought process was, okay, well, if Kyle leaves, maybe the combination of Freddie and we see Terrence Davis emerging, but you assume or hope that he would improve coming into this season. And maybe that will cover off some of what you'll lose in case Kyle's gets traded. But now that we look at what this season was, what a bad year for Terrence Davis, right? Like he, I mean, yeah, there's a lot I could say about Terrence Davis that I'm going to not say I'll just keep it to basketball but he had a tough year on the court and he had every single chance to be a contributing member of this team and he just couldn't put it together now obviously I know there was a lot going on off the court but from a basketball perspective you gotta hope that hey Malachi gets some burn at this point and you get a better idea he gets better acclimated that going into the offseason some stuff can figure out because if Kyle is not on the team next year, backup point guard is going to be a thing. You're going to need ball handlers. You're going to need Malachi to be getting minutes and maybe even getting busy. So, hey, let's see. Ali says, defensively, this team looks good. Need to rebound better. This is true. Um, Gary Trent Jr. and Hood are good players. Fred Van Vliet needs to stop playing like he's the number one scoring option and playing like a point guard. I mean, Freddie is a combo guard. He is a scoring guard first. I know what you mean, though, right? Like, there is a tough possession where late in the game, where on the fast break, he pulled up from deep. And I don't know if that's a shot they needed at that point, but, I mean, I think sometimes Freddie's looking around sometimes, and he looks... And he he knows that he's got to be the one. He wants to smoke night in, night out. And only certain dudes want that. That's not a shot. Again, that's just real. 
Leandro says everybody in the Ra in Raptors land feels so divided right now with what happened at the trade deadline. I'm okay with the Norm trade, and I'm excited with Trent Jun Trent Jr. on this team. I agree with that. It is a weird feeling because it's a mix of what's going on, of what people you know were rooting for, what they were hoping for. It's pretty crazy. But now you got to turn it back and be like, okay, well we got Kyle. Can you make a push? Can you make a push? A lot of people still asking for centers. Uh, Susan, what's Susan saying? Susan says, uh, I like where you're going, Sheldon. Give the youth time to develop. If we don't get a center and win, we at least get a lottery pick and improvement from our bench. Yeah, I think if you're the Raps and, you know, somehow you didn't get a center, but there's still room. Maybe you could add just forward depth, period. And you hope that's the case because they need it desperately. But I don't, this team is just too good to tank. They play too hard. There's going to be too many games where down this, there's too many games and too many teams that are way worse off than the Raps that tanking is going to be difficult to get into a position where you're guaranteeing, you know, a really, really high pick. Right now, I think they're within the top 10. And hey, you trust Masai and company to be able to, to you know, draft well and they have a good, resume obviously of making good picks wherever they're selecting so i think that's interesting but yeah dreams of Cade cunningham right uh one comment here says i'm hoping wrong but lowry has always been about the bag i don't see him turning into duncan and dirk and giving the raps a discount i don't see lowry giving the raps a discount either i really don't I think if he gives the Raps a discount, then the reality is it's not really a discount. He just couldn't get more elsewhere. And ironically enough, we saw that happen, what, the last two Kyle Lowry negotiations? We forget this now, but there was one where Kyle was actively trying to go to the Spurs. And that didn't go down. Or let me rephrase that. Reportedly was trying to go to the Spurs, and that didn't really go down. And he ended up re-signing re with the Raps. Then we remember after the championship. If you remember correctly, the Raptors, Kyle was unsigned. Or he was going into his final year of his deal. And he didn't take part in training camp. He sat out with an injury. And if I remember, there was a scrimmage in Montreal, maybe. I could have the place wrong, but I feel like it was Montreal. And Kyle... Uh, they did like the full player introductions and everything and Kyle chilled in the back. He wasn't participating in anything publicly. And then magically, you know, got a new contract. Boom, here's Kyle. Hey. So yeah, Kyle's about his bag. And I ain't, I ain't mad at anybody that's about that bag. Get your money. Get your money. Not mad at him for that. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what that negotiation is how many other teams are interested and how interested are they in are how interested are they for Kyle at that price that will be interesting to see people are in the chat right now talking about how Norm Powell had 22 points today Norm gets buckets and if anything I think Dame didn't play tonight what was the score someone tell me what the score was in that Portland game and if they won by a certain amount <laughs> Oh, no, they didn't. They didn't cover. Oh, Portland. Come on, man. That's terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible Portland. But anyways, 
the reason I bring that up is because Norm Powell played tonight, but I don't think that um, Dame was in the lineup. Dame Lillard didn't play. He was out. But either way, the way that Portland plays, and that's why I mentioned Gary Trent Jr., there's going to be a lot of room for Norm to just get shots and put shots up. It's a free-flowing offense. And their whole, their team motto might be shoot or shoot, especially when you add in Covington, who's not shy from three, Mello. We know Mello still thinks he's Mello. He's shooting. And then, as mentioned, Damon CJ. So Norm will fit right in there. And if he's just not shy, I'm pretty sure they'll encourage him to go. Like, they want Norm to go. This, in Portland's eyes, this is a massive, massive pickup for them to add some scoring depth on the wing. So, uh, yeah. Someone checks into the chat on Twitter and says, where are you from? And then says, sounds like you're from Canada. That is correct. Toronto, Ontario, Canada, to be precise. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Hope you like it. What's it say? Miss Georgia. Welcome. Welcome. I was going to say, where are you from? But I think it says so in the name. <laughs> and I'll just move on to that. So many comments here. Appreciate all of you guys here, as always. Uh, K2's Garnett says, why do fans think picks are so good? What's a rookie going to add to the Raps teams next year? Never sacrifice winning for a pick. I think tanking is a worse concept. Name a team that tanked and was good. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers when they tanked for LeBron James. You said name a team. I just named a team. You didn't add in any rules. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And says Lowry and DeMar can join us in the offseason and split the Giannis money. <laughs> wow. Would you guys really be for that? Seriously, would you guys really be for getting DeMar and Kyle back? Because that can't be a real thing, right? I get the sentimental value of it, but like, how good is that team? Where does that team make it? I find that interesting. I find that interesting, but hey. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this, the Wrap It Up pod. Really appreciate it. And, of course, thanks, guys, for telling me what you thought about the trade deadline. Are you happy that Kyle Lowry is back? I feel like there's a collective, uh, you know, sigh of relief. I feel like most Raptor fans are happy. But I can't even say most because I feel like it's close. Yesterday, my timeline was filled with people that were kind of like, wait, we didn't trade him? Wait, we didn't get anything for him? What's going on? But at the end of the day, I understand why Masai kept him. I get it. You didn't think any offer was worth it. And if you don't think any offer is worth it, then you don't do it. You rather keep Kyle. You rather keep that relationship. And plus, this was all about where Kyle wanted to go as well. The Raptors weren't going to trade Kyle Lowry to a team or situation that he wasn't comfortable with. So maybe there were other deals on the table and maybe Kyle was like, nah, don't really want to go there. We won't know that, but who knows? I also think that Masai, you know, because of how poorly things ended with DeMar or maybe not. You know, not that Masai had any regrets or not that Masai thinks that he did something wrong, but I'm just saying how it played out with, with DeMar publicly being so mad with the team and, and, and just with what happened. I feel like there's part of this where they want to make sure they do right by Kyle. And I'm not mad at that. Not mad at that at all. Uh, Susan says would totally take DeMar back. Okay, okay. Inches says, people that want DeMar back, there's no logic to this. 
No, there is logic. They're sentimental. They want Damar back because they want to see, they want to have the the happy ending of Damar and Kyle retiring as Raptors or ending their career as Raptors. That's all. Keith says, we tank when we are not in, when we are not in Toronto. Easy excuse. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. K2's Garnett, I agree. Teams probably tried to low ball for Lowry. And I mean, I don't know if it's a low ball or not, but I'll say if the offer they made for Victor Oladipo was the same offer they were making for Kyle Lowry, which if I'm not mistaken was a pick swap in the first round, Kelly Olenek and uh, Avery Bradley. If that was the offer and Masai turned that down, yeah, I get it. Totally get it. Now, if Masai was out here wanting Tyler Hero, I totally get why the Heat turned that down. And so if you're the Heat, and if you really were trying to get Kyle Lowry, but instead you end up settling for Victor Oladipo, who isn't the same Victor Oladipo, but is still a pretty solid player for sure, but you keep Victor Oladipo and you keep your assets like Tyler Hero, like Precious Achua, like Duncan Robinson, and also Dragic, who probably would have had to be thrown into a deal to match you know, the contracts. But you keep all of those guys and you get Oladipo and possibly uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, who's expected to join the team as a uh, buyout candidate. I mean, I think the Heat came out okay. But either way, thank you guys for tuning into this podcast because you, you know what? This, I'm super tired. This is a, a busy couple of days we just had. I'll say that much. And, you know, I'm excited to be doing the pod again. I'm excited that, you know, at least the Raps are bringing back their team, which means, you know, we'll, we might have some interesting games. I know the Raptors lost, and I'm not doing the moral victories thing. But I just want to be entertained for the end of the season. It'll just make it at least a little bit more fun to come on here and have stuff to discuss, you know, get to enjoy Kyle Lowry, get to see some more development from OG and Anobi, see some more from Pascal, see some more from Freddie, and of course Malachi and the other Young Bucks. So really appreciate everyone tuning in. Again, the Raptors fall to the Phoenix Suns 104 to 100. Again, 104 to 100. Both DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul leading the way for the Suns with 19 points. Pascal Siakam was the leading scorer for the Raps with 26 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. But it wasn't enough. As the Raptors failed to win back-to-back games, they continued to struggle. And they got a a tough back-to-back coming up. This was just the first game of a three-game in four nights run. Sunday night, they play against the Portland Trail Blazers. Yes, those Portland Trail Blazers. Blazers that just made the trade with you for Norman Powell. So Norm against his former team on Sunday. We'll be right back here to discuss that and more as we always are after each and every Toronto Raptors game on this Wrap It Up podcast. If you're ever looking for it, just know Wrap It Up is the show. On Blast is the network. You can find us streaming live after each and every Toronto Raptors game on Twitch which is at Shell... No, Twitch stream is called On Blast Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Same thing goes for YouTube, which is Sheldon Alexander. Like and subscribe to the podcast there, please, and thank you. Tell your friends this is the Wrap It Up Podcast. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. 
This is a wrap it up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.